Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Headed for Home podcast. We are back again. I am your host, Brian Ferguson, and with me, as always, are the co-host, Brian Barnett. Hello out there. And the extremely excited and always optimistic Mets fan, Jerry Straniero. Happy Saturday to all and stuff. That's right. Easter weekend. We get uh, some severe thunderstorms tomorrow, so we're really excited. (laughs) Well, we're going to be in prayer that God backs those down. Yeah. yeah, if you can't get excited about long track, long track tornadoes on Easter, why can't you get excited about it? <laughs> yeah, it should be great. So, uh, all right, you know, kind of a, you know, not a lot of news this week in Major League Baseball. It's getting a little slow, you know, so uh, things are a little slow. But there is one thing that we wanted to talk about before we invited our guests. And actually, to mention our guests, we have a couple of fans coming on today to talk about the Yankees and uh, the Orioles today. Yes, the Orioles, the juggernaut that they are. You know, it really is sad to see them having fallen on such awful times, even as a Yankees fan. You know, a lot of great battles with them through the years, but uh, not recently, so to say the least. Yeah, traditionally some great uniforms, too. Great hats. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the old hats are, are better, I yeah. think. Well, with the Cole Bird or the... Well. No. The, no, car, the one they the, they've got the they're back to the cartoon. Yeah, bird. they're back to that. And so I mean, they got rid of the the, the full bird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, though, when you think of the cartoon bird, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Eddie Murray, Brooks Robinson, Jim Palmer, Frank Woody Robinson. Woodpecker. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way better than just the orange cursive O that they oh, <laughs> they went with for a while. That's that terrible. was horrible. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we'll have, uh, Drew and Mike on and talk a little bit about those, those, uh, two teams, uh, here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, um, I don't know if this was actually released by anybody at MLB or, or leaked or be cool to watch, you know, 16, 17 games a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. The West Cactus League West would be the Dodgers, the White Sox, the Reds, the Indians and the Angels. That's pretty so, tough. Pretty tough. No bad teams for sure in that. I like uh, my White Sox in that one. No offense, Ferg. Yeah, they'd be pretty good for second place, I would think. Be good. Yeah, that's about as far as they would probably make. <laughs> and then, quite frankly, maybe the worst division in the history of baseball uh, <laughs> would be the <laughs> Cactus League Northwest. The Brewers uh, and everybody the, else. The Brewers, the Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. The Brewers mm. would win 152 games this year. Yeah, and they're that again. Go through that again. What's that lineup? So it's the Brewers, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Royals. The Rangers might be an outside shot at that. Just from a you know, they got Kluber now. They can score some runs. They might have a shot. To, at that reasonably awful division. Brutal. Just brutal. Yeah, yeah not great. <laughs> so, all right. Well, yep, that's about it that's going on in baseball right now. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our guests for today. And uh, we will be right back with Mike to talk about the Yankees. Welcome back to the Headed for Home podcast. We are now joined by esteemed Yankee fan, Mike Underwood. Mike, how are you today? I'm great, guys. How y'all doing? Doing pretty good. good. Pretty good. 
So you're joined by a, a Yankee fan that you know very well, Brian, on on the line. But uh, yeah, I, I've, I've heard of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so how did friends for how long now? Twenty seven years. Yeah, I would say at least close that's to thirty. I know we don't look that old, but you know. That's got to be exhausting. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's been tough. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became a fan of the little engine that could Yankees? Gotcha. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I, ironically, I grew up in Orioles country in Virginia. Uh, my dad loved Mickey Mantle, though. He was born in 45, my dad, that is. So he grew up during Mantle's uh, era, his career. So loved Mickey Mantle. I'm actually named after Mickey Mantle. Uh, my son's name is Mick after Mickey Mantle. So uh, we, we got a little bit of pinstripe in us, I guess. Um, so uh, I got to ask, how would you characterize the 2019 season for, for the Yankees? Uh, well, you know, uh, gosh, you get you get over 100 wins. I, I think you're obviously uh, successful. Uh, as, a, as a Yankees fan, you know, we, we, we tend to have high expectations. Uh, Even with know, all so those things, an Alabama football fan, Roll Tide. <laughs> right? Um, but uh, you know, when you when you come up short, it always hurts. You 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 see the type of uh, lineup that we had, the closer coming out of the bullpen, the pitching staff we had. Uh, you you kind of want to finish it out. Uh, so hopefully, uh, with the few additions that we've made and and uh, everything, we can what win the win the Grapefruit World Series, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. So you and I have discussed this quite a bit. We talk every day. So what is your opinion of the whole situation with the Astros over the last three years and what should happen or should have happened to them? Well, I mean, like everybody, uh, you know, obviously agrees. That, I mean, they're cheaters. Uh, you go, you're going to have cheaters in, in everything that you do. I mean, you've got uh, NASCAR drivers that that modify restrictor plays to try to get an edge and, and on the track. You've got uh, golfers who are, are self-refereed that uh, that overlook a moving ball sometimes and stuff. You're going to have cheaters, and uh, I mean we have we have cheaters playing Monopoly uh, when you're playing with fake money. So you can imagine with millions of dollars, the temptations there, and uh, people are going to do it. Um, but there's just one answer to it, and that's punishment. You know, uh, so. Uh, obviously, I think if if they keep the title, there has to be an asterisk there. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm assuming there are some players that uh, that did not cheat. So you hate to penalize them, but that's just kind of part of it, you know. Uh, so I think I think you uh, suspend the players that you know. I think a good idea I thought of maybe is uh, um, the the teams that are in their division. Uh, each each player misses a stand with each of the teams. So however you want to arrange it with the players, you uh, you sit them on the bench or, or eliminate them from the games where they have a, a stand with their uh, most relevant competition, uh, and they have to miss you know so many of those a year, whatever the experts would say. But you know something to penalize them where it actually hurts. Uh, you know uh, Chris Sabo, if y'all remember when he when he broke his bat, you know y'all seen that video. Remember that happening. Yeah, right. The, the, the barrel goes flying out in the field, and the umpire picks it up, looking out like, "What the crap is this?" And uh, Sabo's <laughs> over there shrugging, like, "Hey, what happened? I don't know what's in the bat. I, I don't have any idea." You know, <laughs> I think I think he got seven games for that. 
you know, yeah. uh, which is just premeditated, blatant, trying to abuse the integrity of the game. My gosh, you know, and, uh, you know, seven games. But um, no, I, I think it should be uh, substantial, obviously. Uh, but yeah, just an asterisk beside the, the championship at very least that, hey, we got cheaters, you know, however you want to say it. Championship, <laughs> but we got cheaters. So, yeah, just a, just a terrible situation we hope would never happen, and obviously we hope never happens again. All right, so the Yankees offseason was actually well, – you made a big splash with the Garrett Cole signing, of course, and then after that it was pretty quiet. Um, so I want to ask you kind of how do you rate the offseason? Are you fine with just the moves that they made? And are you, how much are you going to miss Jacoby Ellsbury? <laughs> Def, definitely crushed about that. Uh, yeah, uh, may, may, maybe we'll put together a few wins without him. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, obviously Cole. Uh, you know, he's he's what thirty five and ten. I think over the last two seasons. Uh, you know, right here in his in his prime, he's rolling. Um, you know, excited to get somebody like that to add to a pitching staff that's already pretty good. Uh, hate to lose Severino. Uh, like we did, but uh, Hat Paxton, uh, those guys, uh, Tanaka, obviously we should uh, we should be pretty good right there. I think um, you know when you when you've got uh, Brian and I've talked about this before. When you've got a team that's kind of overstocked already, uh, you you've got you know you've got a lot of canned goods in the pantry uh, stocked up already. Uh, you know you don't have to make a whole lot of moves. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking for uh, maybe maybe some more solid play on the corners like Urshela gave us last year and 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 Voight this year. I think Voight batted 260, um, so uh, maybe he'll kick that up a few points and uh, continue with the power and uh, pretty pretty pleased with the offseason. Canned goods in the pantry. That is one of those I'll never forget. I love hey, that. You gotta you gotta keep the corn and the beans in the pantry, baby. <laughs> so having said that. Is this year World Series or bust for the Yankees or what? Uh, I think I think uh, most years is that that's where your heart's at. I mean, I think looking this this year with uh, the mind and not only the heart, you would say, yeah, gosh. I mean, I, I think you would have to say that for sure. Right. You know, I mean, last year was successful. We what sweep the Twins and then uh, lose a tough battle with the Astros. I mean, I, you know, you, you're gonna Thank you're it. gonna add you're gonna add Cole. Uh, which, you know, we won 103 games. I'm, I'm not looking at regular season wins, but his impact is going to be in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, all a bust. Right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally right there. I think you have to at least get there. I mean, on the other side, you may run into the Dodgers, and you know, but you need to at least get there. Uh, I think there's no, there's no reason not to. I mean, if they get there and you see, you know, you see the Dodgers on the other side, I mean, that's, you know, that's too – pretty even teams i think so you know it could be a, a great seven game battle but there's lots of king no, goods for sure <laughs> tons well no kidding that would hey, be by the way, an awesome Brian thing about the dried bean story <laughs> dried beans. <laughs> yeah oh, we won't yeah. get into yeah, that yeah right I'd, lo- I'd love to i'd love to see the yankees dodgers who wouldn't want to see that gosh oh that's just classic that's history right there no uh, doubt about so, it well, both franchises are in a situation uh, where, like you said, both of them are overstocked as it is. They both would basically need 35-man rosters to get everybody up, which, you know, I'm going to save a, a Clint Frazier rant for a different podcast. But, I mean, <laughs> put Frazier in there and, 
you know, try and send Stanton somewhere else. But anyway, that's a whole nother deal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you definitely I mean, have a man crush on Frazier. I know that. I definitely do. Uh, I, mean, he's, I mean, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna put him in there in left field, then send him to the Rangers or something. Send him somewhere. That kid needs to be a major league player. He's gonna hit 30 to 40 home runs a year for 10 years. He needs to be in somebody's lineup. This is ridiculous. Put him in there. He gushes All about right. Frazier the way I do about Michael Conforto. Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yes, at least got to get to the World Series this year. Uh, I think Boone has done a great job. What he did last year uh, with all the injuries is incredible. Been able to plug in, uh, you know, Talkman and, and some of the other guys, uh, you know, Mike Ford. I mean, good grief. That guy looks like, you know, a classic left-handed softball player. He's got a little belly on him and everything. So Rob Deer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so Ford has been a great find. So it Talkman. I mean, obviously Frazier and, and some other guys and, I'm happy, uh, you know, Gardner had a big year last year, hit the most home runs he ever had, excuse me, ever has, and he's back, so that's good, and we'll have Hicks back at some point this year, so there's a lot of good, there's really, there's really almost no reason not to get to the World Series, Grapefruit League champions, you know, <laughs> at least, yeah. whatever it takes. Oh, is, how are you guys going to rebound from the loss of Greg Bird? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, gosh, you know, I, uh, I, I think we can get, uh, uh, to share back out. Maybe drag him out. Uh, uh, Mattingly, is he, is he still coaching somewhere? Miami. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's the Marlins. So. Yeah. Well, shoot. All right. <laughs> who, who, know, who knows then? We'll fight through, I guess. <laughs> hey, but do you, do yourselves a favor. Have y'all seen the video of, uh, uh, Chapman working out? Speaking of our great closer, we haven't really talked about our great closer, the hardest pitch to hit in baseball coming out of that hand, right? Uh, You know, he looks wiry. You guys heard that phrase, right? Yeah. Wiry. Yeah. Uh He's not. He's a monster. Go go look at a picture or video of of Chapman working out. I uh, I had a buddy growing up, and I'll close out with this, um, that went to UVA basketball camp, and Ralph Sampson was there. Uh, And he came back. He came back, I asked him how it was, and, and the, the biggest shock to him was that he could curl 85-pound dumbbells. Wow. And I said, Ralph Sampson? No way, you know. And then, uh, sure enough, he could. And uh, wow. so, yeah, you think they're wiry, but they're not. You know, Chapman's a beast. So, uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. That's just a random thought. But, hey. It is strange how I'll it is strange how Altuve was just sitting on that slider, though. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a good guess, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's chilly that night. He didn't want to take his shirt off. <laughs> exactly right. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for your time. We'll let you get back to your drive and your family. And thank you for coming on. Yeah, about to go fishing. Thanks. All right. <laughs> hey, I enjoyed it. Y'all have a great day. Good hey, be good. You too, buddy. See Later, See you, man. See ya. All right. Well, welcome back to Headed for Home. And we have a very special guest with us today, Drew Sparks. And Drew is an Orioles fan. And <laughs> man. I'm sorry, Drew. It's been a tough, it's been a tough decade. <laughs> it definitely has been, been rough the past couple of years. <laughs> so, Drew, I've heard all kinds of cool stories about Drew that he's been to Fantasy Orioles camp. Is this a real thing? Yeah. So back in 2018, uh, my dad and I went in January down to the spring training facility and got to spend a week 
with former players. We basically played a round robin tournament um, with several other people from all over the country. And uh, it, it was one of those experiences I will never, ever forget. Wow. Super cool. What kind of, what some, what are some of the players that were there? Anybody super famous? So we had uh, Jim Palmer hung out with you for a little bit. And I know a lot of people know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rick Dempsey coached the team. The coaches for my team were um, Dodger legend, Rick Dempsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Josh Towers, um, Steve and Al Bumbry and Don Buford were our coaches for the week. Um, yeah, so I mean, some of these guys were were way, way back there, um, but Chris Hoyles, Mike Devro, um, Voight, Renicky, uh, trying to just go off memory here, but it, it was it was one of those experiences. Like I said, you have to be over, I think it's thirty, if I remember correctly, to even go because they don't want to get a lot of guys straight out of college coming throwing some heat uh, because <laughs> I was I was the youngest guy there. Um, by far, and the oldest guy was in his 90s, and believe it or not, he was a catcher the whole week and had the best batting average of everybody in camp. <laughs> wow. awesome. He'd been training his whole life for that moment, literally. <laughs> it, it, it was, and there was one situation in the – we played them in the – it was Rick Dempsey's team in the championship game, and uh, I fouled a ball off, and he went to get up to get it, and he almost fell over, and I had to make sure he didn't – completely fall out on us during the game. But it was just a lot of a lot of great people there telling stories just from when they grew up. We got to hear stories from the players. Um, we even got to hear a little bit about um, – I know, Ryan, you'll probably enjoy this one. Um, Alan Mills, Daryl Strawberry, ring a bell? Yeah, of course. So we got, to hear, we got to hear their side of that story, which was, you know, of course, very well received on the Oriole end. But um, it was it was just one of those experiences. You know, I grew up watching the Orioles play my entire life. Um, and getting a chance just to go do that with my dad was absolutely incredible. Uh, we won the championship of the week. So our team um, got to get recognized at a home game. We actually got championship rings for it. And it's just it, it was an incredible experience. And then we also got to play on the field at Camden Yards. Um, they did a reunion game in the summertime, um, and we won that game. Um, I, am fortunate to say that I probably never should go back because in the championship game and at Camden Yards, I've hit inside the park home runs at both of them. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't know if I could uh, repeat that ever again, but we're talking about maybe going back in a couple of years when my dad retires. So was it a little short of hitting the warehouse or was it? Oh, it was very short in the warehouse. Um, <laughs> thankfully, um, I hit it, uh, you know, in the gap, and the guys were not as uh, quick as <laughs> they were in their 80s. Of course, I was about to die coming around the bases, but uh, again, it was a it was a three run home run in the in the books, so that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's a great there's a great video of Drew running the bases and coming home, and he is. Totally gassed. What, oh, yeah. what a great, what a great video it is. The, the best part where all my uh, siblings were up in the stands just laughing the the entire time I'm running, just laughing and egging me on coming around the whole way, and it, it was just incredible. And I also got to pitch in the game, which you know when you get a chance to stand on a pitcher's mound in a major league ballpark and just kind of look around, 
and, and think about who else has been there was just something I'll never forget. And to do it with my dad was even better. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So, so we have a lot of respect for the Orioles. Of course, they have a story tradition, just massive names in the game. Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, uh, Eddie Murray, Cal Ripken, all these guys. Um, so it's sad to see kind of the state that they're in right now. How does it feel to be an Orioles fan uh, today? You know, it's rough. My dad and I talk about this all the time. We we are continually looking at the rosters, and you, most people couldn't even name maybe three or four guys. Um, I myself had to even go back and be like, okay, who's this kid? How long has he been playing? Because the names that most people know would be Trey Mancini, which hopefully he's going to be, you know, back back at it soon enough after his uh, procedure he had. Everyone knows about Chris Davis and uh, the Oriole family. It depends <laughs> on <laughs> worst contract of all time. Yes, yes, but um. He did have a huge spring, by the way. He did, and that was that was kind of the thing everyone was looking forward to. It's like, well, maybe maybe he's gotten over that hump and he's on the other side of that pendulum swing. Um, but you know, other than that, you know, they traded away everybody that everybody knew, and so it's been it's been rough. But you know, I think you look at most programs; they all go through that rebuild period, and, and it works out for them. So hopefully. You know, get these young guys some chances to get in there and just show them what they can do. Yeah. Very cool. Now, these guys will tell you I'm the big historian of the group. I mean, I love baseball history, but um, what are some of your, you know, going back to as long as you've been alive, what are your some some of your fondest memories of being an O's fan? Um, well, growing up, I was a Cal Ripken Jr. fan. I mean, he he was a guy that I could watch play all day, every day. And um, one of my best memories was when we actually got to go uh, to see his last home game um, in Camden Yards when he the year he retired. But if y'all remember, that was the same year 9/11 happened. Yep. So the season got pushed back a week, and my dad and I still went to the game. And uh, you know, we we talked to a lot of people, and they people spent three four thousand dollars on tickets just to watch that game. Um, and they were playing the Yankees. Um, every single time he went up to the uh, plate, you know, they played the song from the natural and cameras were going off and, and everybody was just on their feet, excited, cheering him on. And his third at bat, my dad looked at me and he, he had hit two balls out into left field and each of them went a little further each time. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, paid attention to Cal's last defining moments in different areas, but he hit a home run in his last all-star game. We got to see him hit a home run off uh, El Duque three rows back, and my dad called it in that game. So that was one of my favorite memories, was just getting a chance to see my favorite player go out. Granted, it wasn't his last game in the stadium, but it was something that um, looking back, I'm just glad I got to be there and, and, and get to see him play one more time. Um, you know, even watching the playoff run a couple of years ago was, was a lot of fun to watch because – um, you know, like you said, the Orioles have they're they're in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. So just any time they get a chance to get in the playoffs, we we love to see that. And uh, the uh, just watching the fans get excited, of course, and then the questionable call about not putting Britain in. I don't think anyone will ever be able to get an answer out of Buck Showalter for that. But I, I really felt that was a turning point in the Oriole program. So having said all that, you've talked about how 
it's tough when you look at the rosters. It's almost, you know, reminiscent of, of Major League. You and I talked about that at the beginning. We're like, who are these guys? I mean, I, I don't, you know, most people don't know who a lot of these guys are, but you got some players. You got Mancini and, uh, you know, Santander and, and some other guys. Dwight Smith. Uh, when he's not running himself into the wall and, you know, missing the ball, you yeah. know, can, can do some things. But, Mitchell Friedman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. So when you look, when you look kind of at, 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 you know, it is a tough division. The Blue Jays have take, took some leaps forward last year with their young talent. Certainly the Rays, uh, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. The Red Sox will probably take a step or two back this year. Um but what are you kind of looking for? What's a successful year look like uh, for Baltimore? Closer to 500. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly take a season where you don't lose, you know, 100-plus games or whatever it was um, last season. It got to a point where it was just really hard to watch them play because it looked like a Little League team out there most days. But, uh, you know, a successful season to us would be just being competitive, you know, being in some of the ball games and just not kind of being the laughing stock because there was a lot of times where we'd be, you'd see more Orioles showcases on the not top ten on ESPN. It's like that's never a thing you really want to be recognized for. <laughs> so you have said that uh, not many people can't name a bunch of players on your team, and that's you know certainly true. But what are some names that you've kind of seen come up that you're excited about to see on this team play a little bit this year? I know I've been looking a lot and hearing a lot of really good things about John Means. Uh, had a really good season last year. He's kind of one of the best pitchers that we had. And to have him back, you know, now that they've traded uh, Dylan Bundy away, uh, it looks like he's probably going to be one of our best pitchers that we have. Um, you know, Santander has got kind of a nice following in Baltimore. I think it's going to be fun to watch him play throughout the season. Um, but, I mean, other than that, there's, there's you know, not been a whole lot of guys uh, that – have really been around long enough or that I've been able to keep up with. I'm glad to see Givens is still there in the bullpen. Um, Castro, you know, those guys have been kind of staple guys that have been fairly consistent, you know, maybe not as dominant as we'd like them to be, but uh, it's been good to kind of see them sticking around. So at least you have some continuity in the roster. So I guess I need to ask this question. So what does a successful Orioles team look like or what is it what is a, a successful year going to look like for the Orioles I mean do you think they'll better than 500 or I I, I think we're still a couple <laughs> years away from 500 um, if I'm being honest we, we've got to get some better pitching I know that was kind of the uh, the Achilles heel last year was it just we couldn't stay in any ball games we'd be out in the first couple innings of just about most of the games yeah, I think we've got the people that can put the ball in play offensively, but the pitching's got to get better. So, you know, I think, you know, if they can win somewhere in the 70 games a season, you know, I think Oriole fans would be happy because it just shows some some growth and some progression. Uh, Drew, one more quick thing uh, before we let you go. What uh, – I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this new uh, proposed alignment that's being talked about with playing at uh, Grapefruit League and, and playing in the Cactus League, just doing that this year. I know you've got a very busy life with a lot going on, so I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, so first, have you, have you had a chance to see that yet, what they're proposing? Yeah. 
I have looked at it, and you know, I think most baseball fans would agree. As long as we get to watch some baseball, we'll take anything. I personally would like to see them wait until July. Um, just, I'd rather have a shortened season where there's not going to be another, you know, quarantine period where everybody's got to stop doing things again. You know, give it some time and let's do it right so that everybody's safe. Because I mean, baseball is not one of these sports where you can really keep people away from each other. I mean, all the guys are touching the same ball. And <laughs> I just don't see how, from a health standpoint, that that's going to be good to keep all this, uh, you know, coronavirus stuff at bay. But looking at the division, you know, for the Orioles, doesn't look much different for us. You know, we're still going to have to play. We're still going to have to play the Red Sox and the Rays. But it'd be kind of nice to see, you know, the Braves. Uh, you can you know, have them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I. I think, again, I think it would be good if everybody just kind of would get a chance to see some baseball. I even was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. I said I'd almost rather them go and find the best MLB, the show players on, you know, Xbox or PlayStation and give all them a team and let's broadcast those games for a little bit and just watch them play. Let them do trades and just something to see some baseball, you know, again. Yeah, we're, we're, we're there with you, so we'll take anything we can get, for sure. So, Drew, thank you for your time. This was great. Great story about the fantasy camp. I know all of us would love to do that for our favorite teams, for sure, and maybe we'll we'll get to someday. So, when we're 90, we'll be playing catch. <laughs> It'll probably take that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get an opportunity to do it, I would I would definitely do it. If, you're, if you really love baseball, the parts about just getting to sit, you get to sit and talk with these guys you've watched play for years. I went and had breakfast one morning, and when I sat down, I looked up, and Brooks Robinson was sitting across from me. Ooh. And, you know, to sit there and have breakfast with Brooks Robinson and just talk to him, just like you- right now, it was it was just incredible. And he's still still getting around pretty well for, for his age. Got a question real fast before we let you go. Did they let you uh, get autographs and stuff like that? Could you bring, like, cards down to get signed and stuff? Oh, absolutely. We um, They actually had a set period where you could bring whatever you wanted to, and get anything signed. So we had some people who brought in like memorabilia from their childhood and got it signed. I've got, you get a picture with all the pros just by yourself. And then I got every single one of them to sign it. Jim Palmer signed so many things. He actually gave my dad and I a little pitching lesson together, which again, going back, I'll never be able to, you know, say go back and repeat a whole bunch of the things again, but to learn how to throw a really good curveball from Jim Palmer, I'll take it. He had one of the best. Wow. So now Jerry's wow. going to try to go to every fantasy. <laughs> Only the next one. So. <laughs> but Tom Seaver won't be there, so I can't, you know. But. All right, Drew. Well, we thank you for your time. Thanks for coming by. And um, we'd love to have you on for some future segments down the road. So. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Good to see you. Thanks, sir. All right. Bye. See ya. Well, there we have it. The Orioles and the Yankees. What do you guys think? We're at Orioles. How many wins do we think in a in a 162 game season? How many games do the Orioles win? I mean, they might win 62. Might. I mean, because you know how baseball gets down the stretch. You get some teams bringing up guys and whatever. I mean, they're a hundred loss team. I mean, they just they just don't have the talent no, at all. Yankees are a hundred win teams. So obviously, opposite ends of the of the spectrum there. Uh, in a normal season, you know, uh, who knows. 
if we end up with a hundred game season, Yankees probably win sixty five. Um, you know, Orioles probably win thirty two. You know, <laughs> who knows? Well, if the Yankees don't win seventy in a hundred game season, uh, there's something wrong. Either that, or they've had a lot of injuries again. Uh, the Orioles, there are a few uh, up and comers. I I actually had Trey Mancini on my team, uh, fantasy league team last year, and he's really good. And I'm hoping he makes it back uh, this year, as a, you know, sooner than later. Um, but I think, you know, it's like they were saying earlier. You know, he, there's you could see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Orioles. There's there's some stuff to start getting excited about. John Means, um, but I don't think they're going to be as horrible as they were last year. It's going to be a process, though. Well, the biggest problem they have, that I don't. Drew and I talked about this too. I don't think their farm system is is really all that good either. It seems like uh, not compared to the Padres and some of the others that are stacked year after year. So I don't know that you've got any super uh, hype A-level prospects, at least not enough of them uh, coming up. I mean, the only way they're going to seemingly jump back in this thing in the next few years is you're going to have to get a a few big, you know, free agent signings. And that division might be as tough as it's ever been over the next three or four years. Once the Jays, all those young guys really start coming into their prime. My gosh, yeah. you know, and then the Rays are always there because of pitching. And, you know, the Red Sox are only going to probably be down this year, and they'll be right back next year. So, yeah. Anyway. After they, tough after they re-sign Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Orioles have shown over the years that they'll spend money. So if they get a, they get a, some hope here, I think they will go out and spend the money to do it. So we'll see. Yep. Well, all right. Another good episode. Good guests. And um, definitely follow us on, go follow the uh, We Miss Baseball Facebook page and uh, subscribe to this podcast. It's available everywhere now. Brian, Jerry, thanks for your time. And uh, Thank you, sir. All right, Ferg. Be good. See you next time. We'll try and finish up with the Blue Jays and uh, move over to the NL East. Yes. I wonder how we'll ever find a Braves fan to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait for that debate. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Have a good one. All right. See y'all. Later.